that's it. We just get started just like that, don't we? <laughs> I forgot it's that uh, it's that uh, that quick here. Um, hey, family, alcoholic addict. My problem is Marcia. Um, I literally woke up about ten minutes ago, so I'm a little groggy. Um, so forgive me uh, or don't. It, it doesn't it doesn't affect me either way. <laughs> um, the reason I said. Like we start so quickly here because last night um, I had the pleasure of uh, speaking at my old home group and that's a physical in-person meeting. Um, and uh, and a friend of mine who is on this uh, meeting right now uh, came all the way down to Scarborough here and uh, here and uh, and and hung out with me for the meeting. And um, we got there because I'm fashionably late. I can't be on time for anything. Um, I got there literally two minutes before the meeting started and uh, I walked downstairs and I, and I looked at the room and the first thing I noticed was that the room was set up differently than when I was going to that meeting, the way I would set it up, you know, that the chairs had to be facing a certain direction and they had to be a certain, you know, distance apart and all of that stuff. And that was the first thing that went through my head. Um, and, and I found that quite, quite funny. But uh, the biggest thing about it was that he had 20... 20 25 minutes 25 minutes of readings prior to the meeting starting um you know from the the preamble and how it works and and all these different readings it was 25 minutes before i was um introduced to speak and i was like holy cow each time they said and the next reading is i was like wow this is crazy because you know come to meetings like these where it's like uh okay let's mute everybody and speaker go um yeah, was it? Well, I couldn't believe it. Um, I don't. I don't miss that. I don't miss all those readings and and everything like that. But I will be completely honest about the fact that um, I missed the people that I saw, um, the structure that the meeting had. Um, you know, maybe different readings or something like that. But um, all the people that were in that room, seventy five percent of the people in that room, are the people that saw me during my first year. Um, it was the one in-person meeting that I could go to where, you know, when I walked in, they didn't ask me if I'd found God or, you know, what was going on with my higher power or somebody telling me that if I didn't find a higher power that I was going to die. Um, I am so, so grateful to that meeting. And I don't use the word grateful very often. Um, they allowed me to be me and I was grumpy and, and I was defiant and, and all of those things. Um, the one, uh, the one guy that I saw, which really, um, which really brought me back and in 20, uh, 2020, I gotten a, a rotator cuff, uh, surgery done. And, um, <clears throat> the kid that was in the room was coming up on a year. Um, he just started coming around and he was told to go to a lot of meetings and to, um, you know, get involved and, and things like that. So his way of getting involved was he would come and pick me up every day and take me to a meeting. And uh, he worked hard and, and he worked pretty far away. But he made sure that as soon as he was done work, even before he'd gone home and gotten out of his construction boots or whatever it is that he came and picked me up to make sure that I got to a meeting that day. Um, and he did that for the three months prior to the pandemic starting. And like, I can't believe that he would do something like that. And it was so nice to see him. And and he's married now and, and uh, he's bought a house and he's coming up on three years of recovery. And, you know, it's things like that that really remind me that, you know, this program to me 
um, it's about the community. It's about the fellowship. You know, I'll be the one that will argue that part in the big book that said no human power could relieve my alcoholism. Um, because if y'all ain't human beings, then I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Everything I've been made to believe up to this point is completely false. Um, because if I'm not looking at a group full of absolutely amazing human beings right now, then uh, yeah, I must be living in a dream world. So I think most of you have, have heard bits and pieces of my story. I, I'm not going to get too much into what it was like. Um, but I know for me, identifying is really important. Um, knowing that people in the room have been through something of what I've been through. Um, all of our journeys are different, but we're all going in the same direction, right? And it's all about, um, about helping each other stay sober um, just one more day. So um, what is there that, that people don't, that people know already? I, um, I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. I didn't think that I was. I thought I'm more of a drug addict than anything else. But what it boils down to is that I'm an alcoholic. Um, I can't drink. My body doesn't process the alcohol. And, uh, and, and my mind does not want to be in reality. And I started searching for that escape from the point that I was a little kid. And, you know, I don't even, my mind is all over the place because I, I literally have just woken up. So, um, yeah, so this morning <clears throat> I had the pleasure of taking my mother to the airport. She's gone to Barbados to visit her former pastor of her church who is passing, who's, uh, you know, not doing very well. And uh, at five o'clock this morning, I am, I'm sitting in the car with my mother and um, my nephew's mother. And we're driving to the airport and mom's talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I, I get to be present for this. I wasn't complaining. Well, at least I wasn't complaining out loud to her. <laughs> Who wants to be up at five o'clock in the morning, right? Um, I, got to, I got to be there for her. And, um, and that's pretty incredible because my journey starts um, with my resentments, which, you know, of course, being in the program helped me realize that. But my resentments are all towards my mom, um, uh, my brothers, my cousins, anybody that was part of my family. Um, and it led to the resentment of me even, like, you know, not not being part. I didn't want to be part of my own culture, my own race. I didn't want to be the color that I am because of all the things that I went through. Um, all my abuse issues, everything like that all stem from my past. And I blame my mom because, you know, how dare she um, leave my brother and I in Jamaica um, so that she could come to Canada and make a better life for us. You know, my mom is number nine of 13 kids. And my grandma gave my mom away to this family that lived on the other side of Jamaica. And my mom basically became like their housekeeper sort of thing. Um, my mom's resentment started there because she didn't know why she was the only one that was given away. But that was what changed the trajectory of my mother's life because the family that my mother was given to put my mom through school. And it was not like women didn't go to school <laughs> at that time in Jamaica. You know, um, my mom had the opportunity to get an amazing education. Um, this family is the one that helped my mom come to Canada to establish herself and and make a better life for my brother and I. Um, I can't imagine where we would be right now if I had stayed in Jamaica because, you know, when I used to go back and visit there, 
it was horrific. It was horrible. You know, Jamaica sounds like, yeah, it's a Jamaica, great Caribbean island. No, man, not the poverty stricken side of things. Um, it was absolutely awful. And I'm so happy that my mother did what she did. Um, somebody asked me the other day, why did your mom pick Canada to come to mainly for the healthcare? My mom did her research and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, but how dare she? How dare she leave me in Jamaica while she came here to Canada to make a better life for us? And that's where my resentments in life started. And you know that I blamed my mother for everything that went wrong in my life up until six years ago. Um, six years ago is when I entered recovery like 100% fully. Like, you know, that's when I conceded to my innermost self um, that I could not live the life of uh, a person that drank or, or took drugs. You know, I was saying at the meeting last night, it's not about surrender for me because I surrender to things almost on a daily basis, right? I've got this absolutely adorable little puppy that just has to look at me just the right way. And I will drop everything to make sure that this little guy's got what he wants, right? Um, I've spoiled the crap out of him. You know, I'll be late for work, all of that stuff. I surrender to every little thing that every little whim that he has, you know? Um, I surrender to things on a regular basis. And so for me, Step one is not about surrendering. Step one was conceding to my innermost self. And for me, that meant that I had to let go of all my reservations. I had to let go of every thoughts and about values and morals and stuff like that that I had before. And I had to say, okay, you know, what you're doing is not working. You cannot live this way anymore. There's a whole community of people that have been through what you've been through and they're making it. So why don't you just write try and listen to what's going on and maybe do a couple of the things that they do. So that was step one for me, you know, and that's when things started. Um, and that was when I stopped blaming my mom for the things that was going on in my life, you know. Um, and I am an attention seeker and a drama queen. So everything that I did in my past, I did with flair and, and I, it was over-exaggerated and over the top, you know. Um, and now today I'm the sort of individual that I don't mind being just part of the herd. I don't mind being just in the middle of everybody. Uh, I don't need everybody uh, to know that I'm here. I'm here. I've arrived. You know, that part in the big book where I've arrived. Um, I don't, I don't need to announce that anymore. Um, and I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> I should have just recorded what I did last night and just brought it here and pushed play for you all. Um, because there's so many things that came out of me last night that 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 um, surprised me, surprised the hell out of me. Um, I started drinking when I was 16 and I started drugging when I was 28. Um, the drinking was like on the weekends and, and everything like that. And yes, it did get progressively bad, um, but things kind of sort of took off when drugs was introduced to me, my system. And I went down real, real, real fast. and. Um, I went from a really good paying job in an amazing place in downtown Toronto to living under a tarp um, in the woods, in the bushes, <laughs> uh, in one of the neighboring cities. And I had forgotten my life skills. Uh, I don't know when the last time was I had brushed my teeth or taken a shower and all of that. And uh, but I was still I was still better than you all. I was still better than you all. When my mother, my mother told me a few things when I was growing up that 
that stuck in my head. And these are the things that motivated me and they didn't motivate me in a positive way. I can tell you that. My mother told me that I was gonna have a hard time in life because I was a woman, because I was a black woman and because I was gay. So I had three strikes against me in this world. And my mother actually said to me, what's, what's the purpose? What's the point? What's the point? What do you do when your mother says something that, like that to you? But, you know, is not supposed to be the encouragement, like, you know, work hard and do well because, you know, you have a few strikes against you, but, but don't take it that way. You know, use that to motivate you and, and, and rise above everything. And now, so uh, I use that as a, how dare you say that to me? I'll show you. I'll show you. So everything about everything that I did came from a place of, of seeking like revenge and in your face. And, uh, and, and that breeds a lot of negativity. When I came into the program, somebody said to me, you've got to be the most negative person that I've ever met. And I <laughs> took that as a compliment. <laughs> Yay. I'm a, but no, that's, I, I didn't realize that, that I was so negative. And, and when I, when, you know, going through the steps and stuff like that, it was like, holy shit, man, that, that is, that is it. Everything that I was doing came from a place of, of, of contempt. Um, everybody owed me something that that was the way of thinking that I had as well. You know, the world owed me a favor. I don't know what it is that you owed me. Um, but I, I wanted it back. I wanted what was owed to me. I wanted my childhood back. Cause, um, how dare you steal it from me here? I keep saying you, I'm blaming, I, I blame everybody and everything around me. You know, um, I, I wanted my childhood back. I wanted those, those jobs that I lost because you didn't understand what was going on. Um, because, you know, I was just taking what, uh, what was rightfully mine. When I embezzled all this money from one of the places that I worked, I felt no way about it because I felt I deserved that. You know, I felt I was being underpaid and, and, and all that, you know, plus I had an addiction to feed. <laughs> Notice how I'm ignoring the whole alcoholism and the, the drug addiction part of it, you know? Um, but that was what it boiled down to, you know, everything that I did, um, it was to feed my addiction. It was to feed that, that um, um, whatever, that revenge-seeking part of me that I thought, I thought once I satisfied that, that everything was going to be okay. Um, I was told early on in the program that everything that I needed and everything that I wanted was already inside of me. I didn't have to search for anything outside. I didn't need people, places, or things right? In order to, to be content. Cause I think that's all I really wanted was contentment. I didn't want to be, Oh yes. You know, all my unicorns are in a row and they're farting rainbows and life is happy, happy, happy. I just wanted to be content. I just wanted to know what that little piece of, of, of being okay was like. And, um, and I laughed, I so laughed, like, I'm not going to find anything from inside me, but that's exactly, exactly where it is. You know, um, I love recovery, absolutely love recovery. Um, I enjoy um, the mainstream meetings, um, not the shoving God in your face sort of part, but um, the recovery side of things, you know, um, this is that there is an amazing program uh, in the 12 steps. Absolutely amazing. I'm not going to come down on mainstream meetings or the big book or anything like that, because guess what? I couldn't come up with that shit. I didn't come up with, I would never think about anything like that, you know? And, and that's a program that was laid out way, way back then. Yes. You know, things need to change. Yes. They need to change because, 
you know, if, if we were still living the way it was before, uh, I, I wouldn't be here right now. I don't think Black people were allowed to do a lot of things way back then. Um, but because of change and how things have developed, you know, things, things are better. Um, I would love to see changes in, in the big book. Um, but the basis of everything is, is what's important for me. Um, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous provides me with 36 principles um, that I, I try to live each day. You know, there's the, the 12 steps, the, the 12 traditions and the 12 concepts. And so there's a grand total of, of 36 principles. Um, please don't ask me to recite them because I couldn't for you right now. <laughs> but I know that that is uh, that is what helps me keep going. Um, so coming into the rooms, uh, 2003, introduced to the program and spent six, 15, 14, 15 years going in and out and, and trying to figure out which one of you was going to fix me and not wanting to do the work. And not, I don't even think I even really heard the program. Um, until 2017, when I finally said, okay, like, I can't, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I wasn't even at my, my, like my physical rock bottom. It was an emotional rock bottom that, that kind of sort of woke me up and said, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm tired of this. So I brought my grumpy ass into the room and, uh, I found my group, um, that allowed me to be me. The only thing my group didn't allow me to do was to be a greeter. And I was like, I can't really figure that out. You know, they let me do the coffee and the cigarette butts and, and all this and set up the room, but, but they wouldn't allow me to be a greeter because like, usually my response to anyone, Hey, Marsha, what the fuck do you want? Well, it's what I would say, <laughs> you know, I wasn't a very friendly person. And I, I guess they didn't want to see, you know, if you came down the stairs in, in, in the, the facility that we at, and I'm standing there with my arms folded and I've got a scout. I usually had my hood up too, you know, and I'm standing there like this and people are coming in. Like, I don't know if I saw that, I would probably run away too. So I was never allowed to be a greeter, but I got to do all the other things. Um, and, uh, and, and I learned a lot about myself. Um, I didn't want to do the work that was suggested. And uh, I realized it, there wasn't a lot that was involved. I've come to the point today, and I, I think it was a meeting that I was at yesterday that that I said, I don't want to be the sort of individual that um, works the steps, right? I want to get to that place where I'm just living it. And it just comes to me so naturally that I don't have to wake up every morning and remind myself that I'm an alcoholic and remind myself that I'm an addict and that every single step that I take, I have to say, oh, is this going to cause a relapse? Is this going to, I don't want to be that person. I want to be a person that just lives life. I would just want to, I want the, the steps to just be so incorporated in my life that, that, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to think about it. And I think I'm getting to that point, you know, and it's, it's taken a lot of work. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I know I have to take a shower. Um, that was the thing that kind of sort of, brought me back to reality because when I was living in that bush um, and and my brother came and picked me up and brought me home it was me standing in, in the shower here here in this house right my mom let me back into the house and I'll explain why that's important <laughs> in a minute and I'm standing there and the water burns my skin because I haven't had water clean water on me in so long and I'm watching all this filth and dirt go down the drain and I'm thinking, you know, just as easily as the water is washing that dirt away, uh, I can easily um, 
apply this program and live a, a different life because I already knew about recovery at that point. I knew about the 12 step programs. And, uh, and I got out of the shower and my mom gave me a fresh pack of underwear. Like I literally had to open the package <laughs> and, uh, and, and that said so much to me. And so today I know that I got to get in the shower every day and I gotta, I gotta put on a fresh pair of underwear. And, you know, I actually have that, you know, I have that. I have a drawer full of underwear. I have a drawer. I have a drawer that's in a house. I have a roof over my head, you know, um, I, I, I complain about the fact that I didn't get my dishes done. Well, I have dishes. Why do I have dishes? Because I have food to put on them. You know, these are the things that um, I, I'm not saying I take them for granted, um, but I don't sit there and, and, and praise them every day because they're incorporated into the life I'm choosing to live, right? Um, I try to do my best to watch what I say to people. It doesn't always work because it happened again to me on Thursday. She had 14 items. It clearly says 10 items or less. And she had 14 items. Okay. Those things still jack me up. <laughs> that little thing still jacks me up. But, you know, other things, if, uh, if I miss the bus, oh, well, it's not because, because, you know, life is against me. You know, life is happening. Life is not happening to me. There's going to be another bus that's going to come along in a few minutes, right? Um, I'm coming. I'm becoming so comfortable with myself that um, it allows me to look at you and not want to change you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned in this program. The only thing that I can change, change is me. And for me, change stands for choosing honesty allows new growth every day. I'm very big on acronyms. I like that. Choosing honesty allows new growth every day. Um, and, and when I honestly think about things, um, I don't, you are you and, and who the hell am I to try and change you? Right. Because, okay, you make me uncomfortable. It's not you make me uncomfortable. I'm experiencing some uncomfortable feelings and I'm the one that has to figure out why that is. Right. Um, and the program has, uh, has helped me with that to be okay with me so that I can be okay with you. Um, so I didn't want to do the work, um, but I've realized that this is a very simple program to, to, to be part of it. And, and not a lot is asked, right? Um, but I thought it was so hard and I'm not good on being uncomfortable. So y'all asked me not to drink, which was the hardest part of, of, of everything. You know, uh, what do you mean? Don't drink. <laughs> I'll do everything else. What do you mean? Don't drink. Um, but it's the first drink that gets me going. And I didn't know that. I thought it was the, the 17th drink that I had, the one that caused me to get on a plane to go to Los Angeles. And that's where I came out of my blackout ones. I don't know. But I thought it was all the drinks that did it. No, nah, it's the first one. So I asked, you asked me not to drink. Okay, that, that took a little bit of working through, but I eventually got there. Um, I was asked to believe in, in, in the fact that the program works. I'm not, I'm not taking all the traditional steps and like, you know, saying I dropped this word, I dropped the base. I'm just taking it as basic as possible. And you asked me to believe that I could get better. Well, yeah. Okay. Because y'all are doing it. I, I guess I could believe in something like that. Um, make decisions and actually follow through on them. Right. Um, figure out why I'm such a jerk and uh you know maybe tell somebody about some stupid things that i've done growing up maybe that will um alleviate the 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 bullshit that was going on with my conscience 
um, maybe I wouldn't feel so guilty and so bad about things if I if I just like rectified some of those things that I did before, you know, um, realize that that the, the, the my survival skills that I learned from the past are not necessary today because I'm not in survival mode and do my best not to be an asshole. Don't be a jerk, Marcia. Just don't be a jerk. Right. Watch what I'm doing by being present you know, being where my feet are on a daily basis and keep doing that and then be of service. I think that was the hardest one other than being honest. What do you mean be of service, right? Well, like helping people. And I thought, yeah, man, I can do that because I've got, I had this like this, this mental book, right? So if I'm doing something for you, that means you owe me. You owe me. So yeah, I'll do, I'll, I'll do, I can do favors. I can, I can do stuff like that. I can be of service. That's not the kind of service that they were talking about. Right. I met people that would help me out and do things for me and they, they didn't want anything in return. That home group that I'm talking about. Okay. So I went in there on a Friday. I went back on the Saturday. Okay. So I've been to this group like now twice and at that time, my mother had a, an old fridge that needed to be taken out of the house. And the new one was sitting in the driveway. And uh, we couldn't figure out for the life of us how the hell we were going to get this fridge in the house. And when I was at the meeting on the Saturday, I remember I've been there twice now. I said, um, somebody said, so how are you doing? And I said, you know, good. And they asked me a little bit. I said, yeah, I live with my mom and, and all that stuff. I said, the biggest, my biggest dilemma right now is we've got this fridge sitting in the driveway and we need to figure out how to get it into the house. And um, and that meeting was at 10.30, 10.30 to 11.30 in the morning. At one o'clock that afternoon, four guys that were at that meeting showed up and knocked on my door and said, we met Marsha earlier today. She says, you have a fridge that you need to move. And these four people moved the old fridge out and brought the old fridge in and just waved at us and said bye. And I didn't recognize any of them because none of them were at the meeting. Somebody had told them and they had gotten together and come to help us. And these are the things that, that, that happened. I was like, what, what, what the, is it, can we pay you for it? They said, no, no, we just, we heard that you needed some help. So we came by to help. Um, I still, I, 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 those four guys became huge to me um, with my program. Um, sorry, within my, my recovery. Um, and I learned that um, doing things for people is just as satisfying um, to me as, uh, you know, when I would get a reward for something, you know, recovery for me, when I watch my sponsees, um, and other people that I support get that light bulb above their head, like being like really stubborn about something for the longest time. And then mid sentence, they'll stop and, you, and I see the light bulb go off above their head. And I'm like, oh, man, they get it. This is fucking amazing. This is what this is all about, right? Because I don't tell people what to do or anything like that, you know. And I might make suggestions here and there, but, yeah, and I have to take them. That's what happened with me. Nobody ever told me what to do other than don't drink. Just don't drink. But nobody ever told me what to do. And when that light bulb would go off above my head and I would get it, I would look at somebody and I was like, well, why didn't? Why didn't you say something? And they would say, you know, that's not my job. My job is just to be here in case you fall down and might need a hand getting back up again. But I can't take your journey away from you. And I am so happy that nobody took my journey from me. Right. Because even though I've gone through some some pretty horrific things in recovery and, and, and the journey's been hard. It's made me who I am. You know, it's helped me rediscover those parts of me that I want rediscovered. And it's helped me develop the new sides of me. 
Um, and I like me, you know, I'm funny as shit when I want to be. I, you know, I, I, some, some of the crap that comes out of my mouth, I surprise myself. Um, but you know, I, it keeps me entertained. Um, there's some logic and reasoning that comes out of me every now and then I actually do have a conscience. For example, this morning when I had to drop these people off, I had to drop one person off at terminal one and one person at terminal three. Right. So, um, and I know that my mom's got a lot of crap that she's got to take on the on the on the plane because, you know, my mother can't travel with one suitcase. That That's not her. And my plan was to drop them off. Like, here's terminal one, tuck, tuck and roll, get out. You know, here's terminal three, tuck and roll, get out and just be on my merry way. And as I'm driving and I, you know, my mom said, you know, all I know is that I have to be by the WestJet thing. And I was thinking, yeah, she'll find it is what my mouth said. Yeah, you'll find it. You'll be fine. But what my insides was saying. You're going to have to park the car, even though it costs a fortune to park the car at the airport. And you're going to have to help your mother get to the place that she needs to be. And I was like, ah, and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm driving. And my mom says, your conscience is talking to you again, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, it is. And I know that I'm going to do the right thing. And so these are the uncomfortable things of recovery that are happening, right? These are the things that make me kind of, you know, gross. And I'll, and, and my mom said to me, why are you fighting with yourself? And I'm like, those are such profound words. Why are you fighting with yourself? I wish I, I, I would have known to say that or ask myself that question throughout this whole recovery period, because I didn't really start living a life until I started, stop fighting with myself until I stopped fighting the whole thing that I can't drink and I can't drug till I stopped fighting the fact that I can't change people. Um, till I stopped fighting the fact that, you know, mainstream meetings are never going to change the language of the book and whatever. What the fuck do you care, Marsha? Why do you care? Stop fighting it. And that's when things change. So, yeah, I got my mom to, to where she needed to be and I parked the car and it, it cost $17 and I was only there for 20 minutes. <laughs> and uh, but I got my mom where she needed to be. And she hugged me and it was strange and uncomfortable and, and all that. And, and now she's halfway to Barbados. Um, if anybody would have taken my journey away from me, these amazing things would not be happening to me on a daily basis. Um, I'm still a grumpy person, you know, not as much. I still, y'all know, because I say it regularly, I, st- I drive my BMW when I need to, bitch, moan, and whine. I've learned that I need to validate my feelings. And if I need to bitch and moan and whine about something, then I'm going to do it. I have a tribe of people that I can call when I need to do that with somebody else. And I will say to them, you know, hey, how you doing? I need to drive my BMW. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's the, and they just listen. Because nobody that I call and talk to, and no, nobody can change anything. Sometimes I just need to get it out. And just knowing that I'm being heard um, can be absolutely incredible, you know, and I get it out and, um, you know, and then I park, I park my BMW. Well, I do my best to anyways. Um, And I try not to hold on and harbor whatever nasty feeling is cropping up in my stomach as a result of it. Um, And, and, and that's working for me, you know, Um, I'm of service to meetings. I went through, um, I went through uh, a service burnout. Um, cause I was doing way too much service for way too many different groups and all of that stuff. And, uh, and I've come to realize that I need, I need, I need the meetings now, but in a different way, 
you know, I need to come to the meetings. I need to hear what's being said. I need to take in in that part. I feel like I'm a little malnourished when it comes to recovery um, in regards to being a participant. I mean, like just logging onto a meeting and being in a meeting for the just the soul of hearing what message is going to come to me. Um, because when you're doing service, it's totally different. It's a total, you got to be on guard and waiting for them, Zoom bombers or whatever it is. So um, I'm taking a break from service. Um, I, I have no actual service commitments to any meetings except the Queen Street meeting on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's a little plug. Um, other than that, I just show up at meetings um, and uh, and it's been really cool. Um, the biggest issue that's going on in my life right now is that um, my job, some parts of my job is going against my, my, my values and my morals and I'm having a hard time being there. I'm having a hard time being present. I love, I work in mental health and addiction. Um, one of the joys of, of being sober. Um, and I love my clients and I love the nature of my job. Um, but right now my company, we've, we've amalgamated with another one and it goes against who I am. It's going against my principles. And that is another thing that's really weird for me because I only took a job because of how many zeros followed that first initial, you know, figure. Um, I took jobs that I had no idea how to do them, but they made a lot of money. I made a lot of money and it was prestige and all of that stuff. And, uh, and that's what it was all about. Hey buddy, come on up, come on up, come on. You know what to do. Sorry. Um, and, and that's why I did things. And, and now I, um, now I have, <laughs> sorry. And now I have, <laughs> and now I have a job that I love and, and all of that stuff. And uh, okay. Okay. Stop. Um, and I'm present for that job. And, uh, but I know that there's things going on and, and there's a course that the company is going to take that I don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to continue there. Um, and I never thought that would happen. Like, you know, I'm actually thinking about me. Okay, buddy. Okay. I'm right here. I'm actually thinking about me in this process. Um, I don't want to bring an empty shell to work because that's not fair to the people that I, that I, that I'm of service to. Um, and yeah, those are the biggest issues that are going on in my life today. And you know, I'm six years into this program and um, and it's an amazing journey that I never, ever, ever, ever want to let go of. I've heard a lot. It's about the the destination. Uh, it's about the journey, not the destination. And, and now I truly understand that. I truly, truly do. I said to the, the group at the meeting last night that uh, that I'm agnostic um, because I don't know what what is out there, what I believe and what I don't believe. Um, but, you know this program is amazing. And, and this is a journey that I don't, I don't ever want this journey to end. Um, and as, as it continues, I'm going to bump into idiot people and I'm going to be an idiot person. And I, I'm going to make some stupid decisions and I'm going to make some amazing decisions and I'm going to get to travel and I'm going to get to meet some of you, right? Maybe one day I'll actually fall in love and know what it's like to, to be in a committed relationship. Um, there's so many things ahead of me that I want to experience. And I'm so happy that I'm not focused on the destination because when I was in recovery for the first time, it was, when am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? When is all this stuff going to happen for me? And I'm glad I'm not focused on any of that stuff anymore. So um, I feel like I'm going to start talking in circles. So I'm going to leave it there. Um, this program is amazing for me because I've learned to love and respect me in the process, you know, 
Um, I hold myself accountable for things. I don't beat myself up. I allow myself to make mistakes and I recognize my accomplishments um, from when I get the dishes done right to when, if I get a promotion at work, you know? Um, and that's what life's about. I came into recovery to reclaim my life. And um, I think I'm gonna start doing that. You know, my mother's in Barbados right now, which is where I'm supposed to be this year because there's friends that I've met online that I promised I'd come visit. And I'm thinking to myself, why the hell am I not there? So yeah, and and I think I think I'm going to book myself a trip. I have to get down to New York and and New Jersey and see some friends and stuff like that down there. But I'm going to get on a fucking plane. Oh yeah, Donnie, I see you too. Don't you worry, I'll I'll, I'll be in West Virginia. Um, but I think by the end of this year, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go somewhere. See, that's. I wasn't thinking of that when I started talking here and this is amazing. Like I, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to follow through on it. Recovery is fucking awesome. It hurts and it sucks and it's amazing. And it's awesome all at the same time. So if you're new and you're listening to me thinking, what the fuck does she know? Just keep coming back. You're allowed to feel that way. It's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for being part of my recovery. Um, be it if I see you daily or if I only see you every now and then, it you've all helped me get to where it is that I want to be. Um, there's no place else I'd rather be than in recovery with all of you. So that's it. I'm gonna stop talking in circles. Um, keep your head out of your butt, family. Keep doing the next right thing. And if you don't know what that is, ask somebody. There's a lot of people here that can uh, help you along the way. So. That's it. I'm done. Yay, Marsha. Yay. <laughs>